At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer, friendly hello. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. We're Kelsey Kessieps with myself, Greg Eaps, and now a part of the Beeson family of podcast. We do have a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We'll be joined by John Jansen. He does a great job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. He is going to be chatting with us about what we can expect out of the marquee National League East teams for the second half of the season, the state of the Philadelphia Phillies. Since he's out there with Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. On top of that, we're going to be taking a look at a few teams that might be looking relatively solid for the National League playoff picture. A couple teams that are looking relatively weak and a pick or two from him for this slate for Friday. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, I actually am in lovely Las Vegas tonight. I am not lying to you guys. It's not one of those habit things. I did wind up arriving back towards the evening time, so we are all set for a massive second part of the season. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you're in this podcast, five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review, really did not wind up getting in too many Twitter questions today. It was a little bit of a light day of baseball on Thursday, so let's take a look at what we wound up seeing from the first day of Pretty much the unofficial second half of the MLB season. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. A pair of teams wound up playing two, and we did wind up seeing one double-header sweep, and that was by the Astros sweeping the New York Yankees. And 
for the Houston Astros. This is a bunch that in their last seven games against the New York Yankees, they are now 5-2 and two with the lone two losses really coming due to bullpen collapses, 3-2. to two. They wind up being able to take game one as in game number one. It was a little bit of an unlikely source that wound up having the game winning it. J.J. Matevich, he wound up having an infield single to be able to win the game as this wound up also marking the return of Jordan Alvarez in this game as well. But for the Astros, one Christian Javier. Really solid start. Just wind up giving up his whole home run over the course of five innings. That was to DJ turned it up LeMayu. Ninth home run of the season, but bullpen did their part. Phil Mayton, Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero. I'll give you a score setting. Hector Neres. He does give up a run in an inning, which forces the bottom of the ninth. And for Jordan Montgomery, good start. Two runs given up over the course of six and two-thirds innings. And then from there, Alberto Breu winds up giving you five outs out of the bullpen scoreless. But Michael King unable to close the door in the ninth inning, giving up one run after getting two outs. So that's how the Astros wind up taking game one. And the Astros, by the way, best team to the under Major League Baseball this season with right around 63 or so percent of their games going under. And then in game two, they played an over with them being able to take down the Yankees by a count of seven to five as Domingo Hodeman makes his first start of the season. And it did not go as planned. Winds up giving up five runs over the course of three innings, including a pair of homers. Going deep for the Houston Astros, Alex Bregman, 12th homer on season. Jordan Alvarez is 27th, and then Chaz McCormick will get his ninth bomb of the season. That comes off J.P. Sears in long relief. Gives up two runs over the course of three innings, including that home run. Jonathan Luizga, Araldis Shaman, they both give you a scoreless inning in. For the Astros, they gave up a pair of bombs themselves. As Brandon Belock, he winds up in the ninth inning, allowing a home run to Aaron Judge. League-leading 34th home run of the season. Glaber Torres goes deep off of starter Luis Garcia. 15th home run season for Garcia. He gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Belak was in for long relief. Gave up three runs in three and a third innings before Rafael Montero cleans up the mess. Gets a pair of outs out of the bullpen to be able to get the save. The Tigers and the A's also wound up playing a pair. This one was a splitter rooney in game number one. The Detroit Tigers take it to the A's by kind of 7-2. to two. A Tigers team that was averaging right around 2.65 runs per game on the road for the season prior to this one. As Jamaican Delario, big shot in this one. Seventh home run season. That comes off of Domingo Tapia after Zach Logue got things started. Giving up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of six innings. Tapia then gives up that home run, two runs in total, while getting four outs. Kirby Sneed, been a rough year for him. He's got a 665 ERA, one number off from this being really bad. He winds up getting five outs, gives up two runs in the process. And Seth Brown, his team-leaning 11th home run season, only guy on the A's, by the way, with a double-digit amount of homers. He goes deep for his 11th home run season. That comes off of Alex Lang on a Tigers bullpen that actually ranks in the top five in terms of bullpen ERA this season. Lang gives up that home run in an Michael Fulmer and Jason Foley both give you a scoreless setting, and Derek Skubal, he winds up having a stellar start. One unearned run given up over the course of six innings, so he did his part in game number one, and then it was the Frankie Montas show in game number two. The A's shut out the Detroit Tigers by kind of 5-0 to zero as the Tigers. They only muster four hits in this one. Garadell, not a great start, but even if he did allow a great start, if he gave up one run, would have been one too many, giving up three runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Sean Murphy, second guy on the ace to be able to get to a double-digit amount of bombs. His 10th home run of the season from there. Andrew Chafin gives up two runs, one of which was earned, given up in his ending of work. Joey Jimenez, Jose Cicerno, both give you a scoreless setting in for Oakland. Frankie Montas, not long for this game. He goes three scoreless settings. He wound up leaving due to a little bit of irritation from there. Austin Pruitt, he winds up giving you two scoreless and 
for the Oakland A's. Bullpen a little bit expended here. A.J. Puck, Domingo Acevedo, Sam Mall, Lou Trevino. They all wind up giving you a scoreless setting, and other than Trevino, all three of those guys have pitched in an inning. 12 pitches or fewer, so that was very critical for them. We did wind up seeing the Miami Marlins play us to the Texas Rangers, and well, the Rangers took it to the Miami Marlins. 8-0 to the final as 55 shades of John Gray. Well, he had five strikeouts in six scoreless innings. Matt Moore, Matt Bush, Dennis Santana give you a scoreless setting from there, and for the Texas Rangers, they go 5 of 18 with men in scoring position. They force the issue all game long on the Miami Marlins. Adelise Garcia, 16th home run of the season. That one's coming off of one Pablo Lopez, who going on the all-star break did not look great. Giving up five runs over the course of five innings. Zach Pop had things popping with a scoreless inning, but Tommy Nance gives up a run in two innings. Tanner Scott, two runs surrender over the course of two innings. And then the night wraps up with the LA Dodgers being able to take it to the San Francisco Giants as this one was a start that Carlos Rodon wound up being a little bit of a victim of. The stat sheet is going to read that he gave up five runs over the course of five innings, but there was a ball lost in the lights. I believe it was by Luis Gonzalez out there in the outfield, but he really should have given up two runs. He did wind up giving up legitimately a solo home run in the first inning of this game to Freddie Freeman, 14th home run season, but I mean, past that, he wasn't bad. What was really bad for the Giants was giving up a three-run shot in the bottom of the eighth. Mookie Betts, the bets around his 21st home run season. That comes off of Charlin Garcia as Garcia. He came in after Dominic and Aon wound up not necessarily doing the job, giving up two runs and two-thirds of an inning. Garcia gives up that home run, two runs in total in a third of an inning. Junior Marte of the Marte Parte and John Brebbia both give you a scoreless inning, and for the Giants, he did wind up having a pair of deep flies in this one, both coming in the seventh inning. Evan Longoria, ninth home run season. That comes off Phil Beckford, and Beckford couldn't do the job, so he wound up having Alex Vizia with some inherited runners come in to face Darren Ruff, and Ruff got a grand slam for his 10th home run season. My DK Nation pick was on the under, so that was relatively brutal. A rude awakening from coming off of vacation. It is clear that vacation is over, and now we gotta get back to grinding, and grinding hard to be able to earn that ultimate reward. Mitch White, five scoreless innings in this one as a starter, and then you did wind up having Caleb Ferguson give you four outs out of the bullpen before Bill, Phil Beckford gives up that home run to Longoria. Three runs in total without getting it out. Alex Vasilla, he wound up having some inherited runners, gave up two runs and two-thirds of an inning with that grand slam. Evan Phillips gives up a run and an inning, and then Craig Kimbrell closes the door in the ninth inning. And if you're taking a look at what we've all seen in Major League Baseball over the last 30 days, so I mean technically over more like the last Three and a half weeks or so, because let's call it what it is. We've had no games the last few days, but we've been noticing that the unders have been doing very well. 176 unders, 156 overs, a little bit over 53% of games going under underdogs. They've been a little bit hit or miss. 204 and 145 is a straight-up record for favorites. That's right around 58.5%, according to our good friends at Covers. But what I find very glaring, home favorites not being able to cover the run line. The Dodgers were able to do that on Thursday. They've now won all but seven out of their 61 games by multiple runs. They've been really a good run line team as a favorite. I laid that out on the podcast yesterday. But among the 143 straight-up wins for home favorites, we've had 53 just in the last 30 days alone wind up landing on one run, and we've been seeing that all season long. Home favorites for the season straight up, they are finding themselves with a record of 522 and 356, but among those 522 straight up wins, we have seen now 169 land on approximately one run, and overall for the season, 675 unders to 625 overs, right around a 52% clip overall for the season to the under. So that's what we want to see in Major League Baseball on Thursday. Now let's turn the page forward to Friday and really the second half of the season and take a look at the National League East along Philadelphia Phillies, and we're going to be 
doing that with John Jansen of the show The Line Change on Fox Sports Philadelphia The Gambler. Up next, right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Everybody, we're back here Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great guest today. It's John Jansen. does a great job over there. At Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler with the Line Change. You're able to catch at 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time out there on the East Coast. Here out West, 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific Time. And on top of that, does a lot of work in terms of daily fantasy and fantasy football in general. A little bit more towards the fantasy football season. And this man also does some gaming reviews over there at RP Gamer as well. So this man has all the bases covered. It is John Jansen. He's joined me many times on this podcast. Always oh, does a great job. You're able to follow him on Twitter at Jay Jansen, and then the number 34 after that, and John, 
Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And this is the all-important second half where maybe the Phillies can snap a 10-year, decade-long drought when it comes to the playoffs. Yep, and if they do, I think that we're both in agreement. Probably not going to be via the division, but with that said, now you've got the added wild card in the National League. And when you take a look at things, I feel like the NL East has really separated itself as the best division out there in the National League. I wouldn't say the American League because the American League is everyone entering into the All-Star break 500 or better. I think that that is very hard to top. But I do take a look at what we've gotten out there in the NL East, and I legitimately think that we could be looking at three postseason teams, obviously the Mets, the Atlanta Braves, and even without Bryce Harper, the Philadelphia Phillies have been able to do a good job of holding down the fort without him. Yeah, they have, and doing it in ways that we really didn't expect, right? Bullpen, one of the best. Since, obviously, they went into the month of June, they've been one of the best in baseball. Starting pitching is held up really well. Injuries a little bit, and Kyle Gibson's not doing too well, so that's obviously a problem. But overall, yeah, they've been able to kind of hold it together, and I was skeptical of it. When Bryce Harper went down, very skeptical of whether or not they'd actually be able to hold it together, the lineup would be able to to stay together. And while the lineup has struggled a lot at times without Bryce Harper, they found sustained success, at least in two different sets. And then all of a sudden, now you look at this schedule in the second half and you see a lot of Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Chicago. Maybe they are set for this run where they can get in the wild card and looking that, you know, the NL Central could end up beating each other up between the Brewers and the Cardinals. And also the Giants just don't look that particularly good you know maybe we are set up for the Phillies here to make a run and end up getting that last wild card spot yep and with the Phillies as well I do think that getting Bryce Harper back at some point is going to be obviously quite critical for this team but I do take a look at the rest of the Phillies and I know that you were having some concerns with regards to righty lefty splits with a few of these bats and a lot of these guys have been able to step up You've still been able to have Kyle Schwarber supply those 29 home runs. And I think the best way to put it with this Phillies lineup is that it's balanced. On a night-in and night-out basis, you really don't have a whole lot of, and air quotes here, dead bats, which sets them apart from some of these other teams. If you're looking on an American League perspective, the Rays, National League side of things, the Milwaukee Brewers. And that's what I do like about this team with the Phillies because, I mean, even without Bryce Harper out of the fold, you know that guys like Nick Cassianos, JT Riamito, even someone like an Odubo Herrera, is going to be able to get on base for you where there are some lineups out there trying to compete for a postseason spot in which they've got like three guys hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200. Yeah, and since Bryce Harper has gone down, you know, if you take a look at the numbers, JT Romuto has really stepped up. Alec Bohm has really stepped up in a big way. Obviously, Reese Hoskins has been doing well, and Kyle Schwarber obviously giving you the home runs as well, and he has so much pop in his bag. They've been able to get some really good production. Now, obviously, that has to keep up, especially in, in terms of JT Romuto because he hasn't been good all season. Season, and I think they're going to need to get something out of Nick Castellanos. I don't think they're going to be able to survive what is going to be maybe another month, month and a half till they get Bryce Harper back. And I don't think they're able to survive that if Nick Castellanos continues to hit the way he does. I think he eventually has to get going because it just feels like they need that extra bat to really, again, kind of sustain the success that they've had in the first half and pretty much that month and a half before the All-Star break. I do want to put some importance on that, but yeah, you're right. They've been getting some good production out of guys that either A, didn't early on this season, or B, you know, somebody like Alec Bohm, who we weren't sure what the Phillies are going to get. And guy's been pretty good since Bryce Harper's gone down. He certainly has. What else has been amazing since Bryce Harper went down? That would be the bullpen. It's 
And joining me on the podcast, we do have John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. One of the biggest things with the Phillies I noticed is that ever since the firing of Joe Girardi, this has been a top eight bullpen in the big leagues, including over the last, we're going to call it 45 days, a top six bullpen out there in the big leagues. What has really been the biggest key for you? Because I take a look at Corey Knable going into that more seventh inning roll on. He seems to have really excelled there. Meanwhile, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand, and high leverage spots. They've been able to do a solid job, but even some of these less heralded guys like Connor Brogdon, they've been able to do some nice work as well. And I do take a look at just the state of the Phillies bullpen, and it's as good as I can remember it being in a very, very long time because I ain't even going back to last year. We were talking about it. If the Phillies just had a bullpen, they might be able to do a little bit of something, and now it looks like they might wind up having one. Yeah, so a couple things happened. One, Sir Anthony Dominguez finally back this year, got really healthy, and he's been stellar. He's been their best relief pitcher, and he's the one who's who's always had the stuff. That high 90s fastball, that incredible slider, just a really good set of pitches for a closer, and really a guy that's not, I would say, a closer, just more high leverage guy, but also... Brad Hand has been giving them good innings, as you just mentioned with Corey Knable. Kind of since they gotten him out of the closer role, you know, the stuff was always there. It's just he wasn't able to control it. And I feel like he's been much more in control outside of these high leverage spots. Somebody to add depth, you know, Jose Alvarado was awful to start the season and he got sent down to the minors. I mean, he he got sent down the triple A. And it took a couple of weeks for him to come back up and whatever happened in AAA, I don't know what did, but it sounds like he mentally got himself together a little bit, started working on the mental side of things. And Jose Alvarado has been unbelievable since he's gotten called up back from AAA after he got sent down. They always had guys that had some some good stuff, but now it just seems like it's coming together. Whether you want to point that finger at Rob Thompson and put the responsibility on him, that he's been the guy to get this to work. But really, we came into this season from the offseason knowing that this was probably the best bullpen the Phillies have had in a few years. Not to say it was great, but it was the best. They had guys that had good stuff, and I think we're, we're just finally seeing that, especially, again, the big key with Dominguez not only getting healthy, but kind of back to what he was before he got injured. Yeah, he has been absolutely incredible for this bunch, and I do think that that's going to be a key moving forward, not just for the Philadelphia Phillies, but really for the National League as a whole, because right now the team with the best bullpen ERA in the National League, that would be actually the team that they're going to be probably looking to chase in the National League East to be able to climb them up. That would be the Atlanta Braves. I do have some concerns with some of the teams in both leagues that are trying to chase down postseason spots in terms of their bullpen. And as we know, starters, they do wind up getting injured this time of year. No question there's going to be a couple moves made at the deadline, but I do think the bullpen's going to be so key here in the second half of the season, not just taking a look at these playoff racers, but on top of that, taking a look at things just in terms of a day-in and day-out handicapping perspective. Yeah, I think what's going to be tough, especially for the Phillies, is, again, keeping that bullpen together, not giving these guys so many innings. Because while they do have some other bullpen guys that they can rely on, Nick Nelson, Andrew Bellotti, you don't want to burn through four guys, really, that have been good. And you know that's what teams... It's going to be interesting. And I, I know bullpen arms are obviously going to be a premium. As much as starting pitching arms are, obviously, we've seen more of a premium put out bullpen recently. And I know teams are going going to want to go after that. So even though the Phillies, I could say, maybe still use a bullpen arm, even though I think need more of a starting pitching arm, there is going to be a market for that because teams know that and 
look again, that's why a team like the Giants, you know, I I think is struggling. Why I think they're going to have a tough time maybe in the second half because the bullpen has been a problem for them at times, a big problem for them. It's been put on such a premium as of late. Really, there's still some work that teams can do at the trade deadline. And that'll be certainly interesting what teams do end up bolstering their bullpen. No question about it. As joining me on the podcast, we do have John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. And going into the second half of the season, is there a team or two that stands out to you, whether you be concerned with them or you think that they're going to have a big run for the second half of the season that's really worth keeping an eye on? Obviously, we've talked quite a bit about the National League East teams here in the first part of this conversation, but is there any teams that you know, really stand out and you're just intrigued by, whether it be for the positive or the negative? The second half Cardinals, can I can I do that? Is that too easy oh, of an answer, I guess? <laughs> They've been having great second half runs last year, obviously. What, that winning streak that lasted over 20 wins? And I thought they really set themselves up with a good first half. Now, obviously, that was because Paul Goldschmidt's been an MVP candidate. Nolan Arenado's been very good for them. And they've gotten some good starting pitching at the top. Not overall, but at the top, you know, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis really gave them solid innings, have, have been spectacular, those two. I think the Cardinals have set themselves up with an easier second half schedule. I know they're going to fix that starting rotation. Just put another arm in there. Bob Nightingale put out a list of teams that have already acquired about Juan Soto. The Cardinals are one of them. Meaning, I don't know if they get Juan Soto, but it does seem like that before the trade deadline, the Cardinals are going to get somebody. Whether that is, I think, a starting pitcher of Juan Soto. I don't know if it's Juan Soto. I don't think it is. But we know they're willing to spend. You know, I think the Cardinals are in for a big second half. I think they end up taking a comfortable lead in the NL Central at some point in August. And the Cardinals are going to be on their way to not only, I think, winning that division, I think by the end of the regular season, we're going to be talking about them as a team like the Mets and the Braves that really do have a good chance of trying to knock off a team like the Dodgers. And of course, I hate to say that because the Braves are defending champs, but I think the Cardinals are going to be firmly in that conversation for a team that could contend in the National League. I totally agree with you there. And if you're looking at the Cardinals going into the second half of the season, I'd be able to win the National League Central plus 150 while the Brewers are a minus 210 at DraftKings. And I don't understand why the Brewers have been such a big favorite all season long because I just still take a look at it. Among guys, I've had at least 100 bats for this team. You got one guy hitting above a 254 right now, and Andrew McCutcheon hitting right around at 255-ish. The pitching Oof. has obviously been relatively solid, but still, Freddie Peralta's been on the injured list. We saw Josh Hader completely implode towards the back half of the first half of the season as well. And I mean, I don't think the Cardinals should be a plus 150. I do recognize that going into the second half of the season, they are a little bit back of the Milwaukee Brewers, but I mean, it's a half a game difference. And with the St. Louis Cardinals team, it just feels like they've got a little bit more depth in general, especially in the lineup. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that truly is. I'm not going to call the Cardinals like the best lineup in baseball because I, I don't think that's true. But at least when I look at a well-rounded lineup, I feel like the Cardinals have that. And now they're finally anchored by an MVP candidate in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado finally getting comfortable in St. Louis. I think he's had a spectacular year. I should know because he really hit the Phillies hard in their two series. I think the Cardinals lineup really is it. That's the thing to me because Christian Yelich is not that guy anymore. I think for the Brewers, that, that was for me coming into the season. They really needed Christian Yelich to be somewhat, some version of the MVP Christian 
Christian Yelich. Maybe not that caliber, but he had to be somewhat close to show that guy at some point, and he's just he's not that guy anymore. And they don't have the other guys in that lineup to really make up for a lineup that was really built around Christian Yelich being a star, and he's just not. While you're right, I think they get healthier in the starting rotation for sure. That'll happen because even they got Woodruff back, and you know I think it took a little bit for him to even get going. You know, the bullpen, I think it'll be fine. Hater imploded a bit, but Devin Williams is still very good. And obviously the guys around them are, are good as well. So the pitching should be fine. It's just that I think the Cardinals are about one piece away. And that piece being really just a starting pitcher. I think the Brewers are many, many pieces away from fixing that lineup. And I think that's that's a big deal. And I think that could not only keep them out of the central, but they're going to be really fighting for their playoff lives, I think, especially for that last playoff spot. if it is the Phillies, the Giants, and the Brewers that are fighting for it. I think the Brewers are going to be in for a big-time fight. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens out there in the National League Central. You're looking at the Reds, Pirates, or Cubs. You might as well donate that money to charity. But with that said, <laughs> Brewers and Cardinals, I think that that's going to be a great battle. And when it comes to what we're going to be getting on Friday, is there anything that you're taking a look at with regards to a bet? Because... We've got 14 games up on the board. It's going to be interesting to see how these teams wind up maneuvering the first few days coming out of the All-Star break. It always is a little bit funky with so many guys. Getting rest said, typically they don't wind up getting, but is there anything that you're going to be targeting for this Friday? Yeah, I hate to say Phillies right out of the gate, but um, I'm seeing a, a short money line for them. And Kyle Gibson has struggled at times, trust me. At times, he's looked like a very bad pitcher, and they should have maybe taken him out of the starting rotation. But now you look at the numbers, and he's finally gotten things back to a stable spot. He's at a 4.35 ERA, but you take a look at the XERA, 425, the FIP, 419, and the XFIP, 396. He's pitching well, and he's getting back in the form what he was when the Phillies traded for him last year. And Justin Steele, look, I don't want to say anything too bad about the guy because I think he's performing a lot better than I expected. I thought he was really just going to continue to fall apart as the season went along. And look, he's been fine. Three and six, 4.15 ERA. And even the last two games, while ending up in losses for the Chicago Cubs, still pitching well. Six innings pitched, three earned against Baltimore, six and two thirds, and one earned against Milwaukee. So he's been good. But the Phillies at home, I know the lineup's been hit or miss, but they really hit at the end of the Miami Marlins series. I just don't find Justin Seale to be that good. So I feel like the Phillies at home, the better team, I'm giving them a slight edge in the pitching matchup as well. I think the Phillies on a short money line actually do make a lot of sense here. The only other one I thought of, I'm going to have to look more into this because obviously it's still hard to tell with Baltimore what they really are and how long they can keep this going. But Wells has been good for them and Jamison Tyone who has that great record of 10 and 2, but a 3.86 ERA. Uh, the Orioles obviously coming in this game is a pretty big underdog, not as big as usual. The Yankees minus 160 right now, so it's not like it's a big money line, but Tyler Wells is a guy I'd be willing to back here, 2.76 ERA at home. I still have to make sure. I don't want to go too overboard with Baltimore at times, so I really want to make sure of that, but I do think Baltimore is going to end up being a play. I do think that when it comes to the Phillies, who you want to mentioning, them being right around a minus 125 to a minus 130, that is a little bit perplexing. I had a much bigger advantage, and you're going to be hearing a little bit more about that in the final segment as well. You might even see a little nice. bit of a write-up, nudge, nudge, wink, wink there, and a man that <laughs> always does a great job firing all cylinders. That'd be you, John. You do an amazing job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia Gambler. I know that you absolutely love baseball much like I do, but I also know that you're getting set for the football season. You're a man that you cover a little bit of everything. And I know that you guys over there, 
do quite a bit with regards to the MLS as well. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, follow me at jjson34. And while, yes, baseball's back, we're getting close to football. Uh, soccer, yeah, MLS is is full swing right now. Union have been doing well, so we have a game this weekend. But yeah, just check the Union schedule. And if you want to listen to some Union soccer, uh, Fox PHL Gambler, iHeartRadio, I've just searched up Fox Sports. The Gambler also, 1025 FM, 1480 AM on the dial as well. But yeah, Union stuff. We have football stuff coming up baseball full swing so it's a good time greg peterson i know a busy one for you as well with not only all this baseball going on but trying to get ready for some football as well absolutely we are getting in full swing for what is going to be an amazing fall slate of sports betting and then when it hits a winter time college basketball will be back in our lives but right now it's summertime it is the dog days of summer and that means we are going to have a very successful rest of july into august and september on the diamonds and john does a great job of being able to follow the game that we all know and love. A big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VC Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time to podcast. We'll give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas. And yes, this time it is lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for joining me in the last segment. Going to be an exciting second half of the season for a lot of those National League East teams, especially the Philadelphia Phillies, and it was great to be able to get his perspective on that and just take a look forward as to when we're going to be getting post-All-Star break as well. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MOB Friday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation, or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games, these are going to be at the bottom. We've got a few TBD starters on the board. This is to be expected. Teams are revamping themselves going into the second half of the season, so there might be one or two pitching changes, especially with these first few National League games as the rotation order does go National League games first and then the American League games and any interleague games, those are going to be at the bottom. So let's get set and let's get down to business. I know one, I know two on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals. They are on the road facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on the Cincinnati. They're on to Graham Ashcraft. Can the start for them? Wayno, Adam Wainwright is on the bump for the Cardinals. Cardinals in between a minus 135 and minus 140 favorite. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Cincinnati, anywhere between plus 122 and plus 130 is your price. 10 is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. I do wind up making the St. Louis Cardinals more of a minus 146 favorite. If you're taking a look at the run line, you're only finding it right around a plus 105 to a plus 110. With that being just such a low plus price, I would rather take the money line here personally. Have that added protection as Graham Ashcraft wound up wearing down a little bit prior to the All-Star break. He did wind up giving up three plus runs in three out of his last five starts and two plus in all five of them. So that's a little bit of an issue and I do expect a little bit more regression with him as well. He does a good job of not walking guys. Gives up only about two walks per nine innings, but nice strikeouts per nine rate. Hovers right in the neighborhood about 5.8 to 5.9. Ashcraft thus far this season. Very good at home. 267 home ERA. 666 is his road ERA. He needs to either give up a run or 
You may just scroll the setting because that's a little bit concerning with that number, but I said opponents today, 277 off of them, and for Adam Wainwright, first like four or five starts of the season, he had a little bit of issue with the walks. He's been able to shape up, though. I will say, he has been giving up on the road a 410 ERA with opponents being able to get right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings overall. Opponents are getting a 250 off of him, but the command certainly has been on point with him. Seven walks in his last six starts, and then when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals lineup, you certainly don't have a shortage of firepower. Ball Goldschmidt right now finding himself the National League MVP front runner. He's been hitting a 330. He's been able to go deep 20 times thus far this season. Nolan Arenado, 18 bombs as well. This has been one of the better overparks in all of baseball. So this should help out more of the ancillary guys are hitting in that pocket of, I would say, about a 250 to a 260. Juan Yepes, when he's been out there, Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond. Got a couple guys dealing with injuries. So you break, wind up doing them some good. And then for the Cincinnati Reds, you got Brandon Drury, who I believe should have been an all-star. 18 bombs. He's hitting a 280 right now. And got a lot of guys that have been able to do a good job moving the line, being able to get on base. Kyle Farmer is hitting a 260 along Nick Senzel. Donovan Solano and his limited at-bats has been okay. And then Tyler Stevenson, he wanted coming back just before the All-Star break as well. The big thing with the Reds is that they've been averaging right around a run and a half more at home rather than on the road as a collective. They're in a 252 at home, getting a little bit more than a home run per game. But when it's letting down the Reds, they're bullpen pitching. Alexis Diaz has been solid out there in the bullpen, but he's been banged up recently. This Reds team, the only one in the big leagues with a bullpen ERA that is north of five with a lot of guys that are, shall we say, less than trustworthy. Now, I will say, Ravier San Martin, ever since he got sent to the bullpen, has actually not been as bad, but then you've got other guys like a Joel Kuno, Luis Sessa, you're able to throw in there even someone like a Buck Farmer. They've all got ERAs north of a 5-5. Meanwhile, Genesis Cabrera has been lights out for the St. Louis Cardinals team, and then you just take a look down the line. Ryan Helsley has posted up a sub-1 ERA. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of Yohan Oviedo as well, so I do wind up deciding the Cardinals as more around a minus 146 favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay here. I think that Wayno is going to be able to do a solid job in Ashcraft. He's going to be able to deliver a solid start before the bullpen. Ends up not doing so great. So my total at a 9.3 looking under and looking Cardinals. 9.03, 9.04 on the betting board. It is the Miami Marlins and they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It is going to be good old to be determined for the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is why this one is off the board. We do know that it's going to be Braxton Garrett who's going to be going for the Miami Marlins and figuring that we were going to be getting Jose Quintana for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So obviously subject to a lot of change, but I'd be willing to set the Pirates Right around about a minus 133 home favorite if they do indeed wind up getting Kitana. This is going to be more of a pick'em game if it's darn near anyone other than JT Burbaker for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not going to dive into Kitana too much because that's a little bit of speculation. The Pirates, you never know what they're going to do with their rotation, but what we do know is that Braxton Garrett wound up facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates in his last there prior to the All-Star break, and he delivered six scoreless innings with 11 strikeouts. With Garrett, when he wanted getting sent up to the major leagues the last few seasons, Walks were really an issue for him, and he's really been able to shape up with that regard. He's giving up right around 2.3 walks per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood of one. Now, I will say, when he is on the road, his ERA does wind up going up a little bit. 395 road ERA compared to a 321 home ERA, but still has been relatively steady at the end for the Pittsburgh Pirates, even though I believe all but eight of their wins have come out of the bullpen. It's not necessarily been a great bullpen. The long guys have actually been very good for them. Someone like a Will Crow has been able to go out there. He's been able to do his part. You wind up having the all-star David Benar give you right around a 290 ERA. Wore down towards the first half of the season. 750 ERA over his last 10 appearances, but Yuri De Los Santos, Sailor PD, they both have a right around 3 ERA. And then for the Miami Marlins, the bullpen has been a little bit rough this season, but that series that they wound up having against the 
Pittsburgh Pirates was able to get them online. Saw Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro posting up right around a 4 ERA. And for the Miami Marlins, they do have the detriment of having had played yesterday. With the Marlins, they've been dealing with a few injuries as well. Jazz Chisholm, he's been on the full for quite a while. He's right now leading the team in home runs. You do have quite a few guys that have been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base at the top. Joey Wendell, Garrett Cooper, both of these guys are in right around a 280. But Jesus Sanchez... Brian De La Cruz, Jacob Sellings, these guys are in a 215 or lower, along with Ode Solaire. Solaire's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but you expect a little bit more out of him. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they've been dealing with some injuries as well. Brian Reynolds, who wound up having a three-home run game a little bit earlier in the season, and for that matter, you're able to throw in there Michael Perez and Jack Swazinski as guys that have all had three home run games as far this season for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they all wound up happening on or after Father's Day, and it's been interesting to take a look at, but him being hurt, now wound up hurting the Pirates offense in that last series. I can't see Miami Marlins. You do have Swazinski, who I mentioned earlier. 14 bombs. Michael Chavis, Diego Cassio, they've went deep 10 times. But you really don't have a lot of guys getting on base other than Brian Reynolds. Kevin Newman's been able to 275, but he's been injured for much of this season. Cabrian Ace, it's right around 250. But you have a lot of guys like Diego Cassio, Oniel Cruz, Swazinski, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Rodolfo Caster, Josh Van Meter. These guys need a 215 or lower. So if it is Kitana versus Braxton Garrett, because Kitana has actually been lights out this season. Pirates, I'd be setting more around a minus 133 favorite and be a situation which is 7 half or less. I'd be looking at an over an 8 or higher to the under if it winds up being more of a generic starter outside of JT Brubaker. This is going to be more of a pick'em game. Would be standing pretty steady with that total. A 7 half or less. We'll be looking over 8 or higher to the under. 905, 906 on the betting board. This is going to be the DK Nation pick. It's the Philadelphia Phillies. Main playoffs is Chicago Cubs. Justin Steele is going to be going for the Cubs and Kyle Gibson is on the bump for Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And between a minus 125 and a minus 130 favorite. Plus 110 to plus 115. Your price on Chicago. Nine is your total over and under both at minus 110. Making the DK Nation pick the Phillies money line. I set them more around a minus 165 personally. This is a Chicago Cubs team that they've actually been somewhat better on the road than at home, but they're still 35 and 57. It has been a really bad go of it for them. I do recognize that the Phillies still going to be without Bryce Harper for the time being, but you have Kyle Schwarber. His on-base percentage right around 320. Batting average has been terrific, but he has really been slugging them out. He has been able to deliver 29 home runs thus far this season, and got a lot of guys that are able to get on base to turn those solo shots into more like a two or three run homer. Derek Hall, Garrett Stubbs, both of these guys in right around 260, and then you got just a gobble of guys that are in between about a 243 to a 253. JT Rimuto, Reese Hoskins, Odubo Herrera, Nick Cassianos, Yohan Camargo, so these guys have been solid, and for Hoskins, really got out towards the back half of the first half of the season with 19 home runs. With the Chicago Cubs, you do have a couple guys that are able to get on base for this team as well. Ian App, the all-star. He has been able to do a nice job with a 365-ish on base. Patrick Wisdom has been able to give the team 17 home runs. Problem is, he is well on his way to getting under strikeouts this season. Wilson Contreras, 13 bombs, hitting right around 250. Nico Arner, he's been able to get a 300 for the batting average as well. But when it comes to this Cubs bullpen, it's really hard to have a lot of faith in these guys. Scott Efres has been able to do a solid job along with Michael Givens. Both of these guys have ERAs that are sub-3, but Roland Wick, after a good start to the season, he now has a 470 ERA. Guys like Matt Schwarmer, Michael Rucker, failed starters. They have not been too terrific. And for the Phillies, in the... Last 45 days heading into the All-Star break, this was a top-eight bullpen. They've really been able to get guys firing out cylinders, Brian Hand. 
has been able to really do a nice job in the back half of games alongside Anthony Dominguez, Corey Canable in that seventh inning. He has been able to do a solid job. Jurisdiction familiar Spanish for blown save. You don't want to be trusting in him, but by and large, even someone like Connor Brogdon has been able to do his part. So I did wind up making the DK Nation pick Kyle Gibson and the Philadelphia Phillies because I do think that Gibson going to be able to lend a good start. And last few years, he's been much better at home rather than on the road. 401 home ERA, 473 ERA on the road now. Nine out of his 13 home runs have come at home. I do think that there's going to be positive regression with that. And at home, he's got a walks per nine rate that is sub two. Meanwhile, for Justin Steele, he's got his walks issues, and that is for sure. This is a gentleman that's giving up a little bit over four walks per nine innings. Does wind up getting eight nats strikeouts per nine innings, but also 329 home ERA. 586 ERA on the road. His home runs per nine rate is only right around a .55, but gives up quite a bit of contact in general, gives up a lot of walks, and that puts pressure on a bad bullpen. So the DK Nation pick going to be on the Phillies on the money line. I do think that Gibson going to go out there, perform relatively well, set my total at 8.7, so looking under along with the DK Nation pick of the Phillies money line. 907-908 on the bank board, the New York Mets, they're going to be playing with the San Diego Padres. Hugh Darvish is going to be on the bump for the pods, and Matt Maxerzer is on the bump for the Metropolitan the Mets, anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180 favorites. Meanwhile, anywhere between plus 155 and plus 160 your price on Slam Diego. Six and a half is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Under is anywhere between even and plus 105. I think that Scherzer should be his favorite. I think we've went a little bit too far here. I was willing to take a plus 148 or greater with the San Diego Padres. I do recognize the road struggles of Yu Darvish ever since he wound up getting into San Diego. It's been interesting to take a look at him because his own ERA ever since he wound getting to San Diego. It is in the neighbor of 2, more like a 2-5, but his road ERA is hovering right around a 5. That has been a big issue for him as he's given up 7 home runs in 48 innings on the road thus far this season, and opponents are hitting nearly 100 points higher off of him, but he still has good swing and miss stuff, getting 8 nap strikeouts per 9 innings. Has done a solid job with his command, giving up a little bit less than 2 walks per 9 innings. Now, Max Scherzer, he does deserve to be the favorite in this spot. Just take a look at the season that he is having, and he's putting up right around 11.5 to 12 strikeouts per nine innings, giving up less than a home run per nine innings, sub two walks per nine innings as well, but this is also a way pair of bullpens that I think are relatively equal with the New York Mets. Julie Rodriguez has not been necessarily too terrific for the team. Drew Smith has been able to give you a couple solid innings. Colin Holderman is a young guy that I like for the team, but Seth Lugo has been a little bit all over the place. He's posting up nearly a four-ish ERA, and then for the Padres, even though Taylor Rogers has north of 20 saves, he has been a little bit all over the place. I like Nabel Crisman, a guy that's able to give you multiple innings, has been able to do a good job of being able to hold down the four for the team. Luis Garcia, Craig Stam, and guys like this have right around a 3-3 to a 3-6 ERA. They've dealt with a couple injuries out there in that bullpen. And for the San Diego Padres, it's key that Manny Machado gets back online. Here in the month of July, he's hitting below the Mendoza line of 200, but overall hitting a 300, he's been able to deliver 15 home runs for the season. I do think that he's going to be able to pick it up. And then just take a look at some of the other guys. Austin Nola, Hassam Kim, Jake Cronenworth, Drixon Profar. Not only are they all hitting in like a batting average range, they're all between a 241 to a 242. I mean, they are all right there. So that's interesting to take a look at. Eric Hosmer has been a little bit banged up, but he and Ori Alfaro in between a 272 to 275. And for the Mets, you can tell that their batting average as a team, it was wearing down a little bit towards the front half before the all-star break as you wound up seeing those infield singles not go for them that they got at the beginning of the season, but so you got Sterling Marte, Jeff McNeil, along with Luis Galorme, only between about a 290 to a 300, Brandon Nimmo, Pete Alonso, Barcana, between a 265 and a 271 with Alonso supplying 24 home runs, 
leads the league in RBI with 78. Francisco Lindor, 66 RBI of his own. So I do think that the Mets should be a favorite. I don't think that Yu Darvish deserves quite this disrespect, though. Anything north of a plus 148. I was willing to take a shot here. And Darvish is someone that, when he is on the road, he winds up giving up a few more runs. I did wind up saying my total at 7.7. We've seen the Mets be one of the best over teams out there in all of baseball. So I'm going to look at that over. I think that's 6.5, a little bit too low here. And I'm going to take the plus price with the Padres. 909, on the banking board. The Milwaukee Brewers, they're going to be playing on the Colorado Rockies. One Antonio Sanzatella is going to be going for the Rockies and Corbin Burns, as I use my old English accent, because for some reason I think that the name Corbin Burns should be said in an English accent. Going to be going for the Brewers. Brewers are finding themselves in between minus 256 to minus 278 favorites. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Rockies, it's saying we're between plus 222 and plus 240. 7 to 7.5 is your total on these 7 overs, saying we're between minus 120, minus 125. Unders between even a plus 105 on these 7.5. The under is minus 120, and the over is even. I did wind up saying this total at a 7.2. I personally would rather have an under on a 7.5 rather than the over on 7, but the 7.5 I'm seeing, that's at DraftKings. I'm out here in lovely Las Vegas, and I don't have access to it, so as of right now, I'd be looking at a 7 over. And with the Milwaukee Brewers on the money line, I was willing to lay up to a minus 254, which means that I'm not in range to be able to take a look at the Rockies on the money line, but with that said, taking a look at this Brewers run line, it's anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 125. Now, the lone trepidation that you've got with the Milwaukee Brewers is that Corbin Burns, surprisingly, has been much better on the road than he has been at home. 272 home here, eh? compared to a buck 57 on the road, giving up double the amount of homers in the same amount of innings at home rather than on the road. But still, guy's been absolutely dominant this season. He's giving you over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, a little bit above two. And then you got a pitch contact guy, and Antonio Sensatello is going to be making really his second start ever since late June. That is not necessarily too terrific. It's going to be his first time throwing the rubber in about three weeks. And when it comes to Antonio Sensatello, 686 ERA. He is in 19 and two-thirds innings. A lot of opponents hit a 360 off of him on the road. And that's compared to his 367 batting average at home. I mean, it's just incredible that this guy doesn't have like a 9 ERA right now. He's backed up by Rocky's bullpen that has been very far from seller. And you've got a lot of guys that when they are on the road, they wind up seeing a big increase with regards to their ERA as well. Someone like a Lucas Gilbreth, for example, he's got a sub-2 ERA at home. On the road, this winds up alluding to a 6. High block has a 7 ERA on the road. Robert Stevenson has been okay, but really the best bullpen piece in Tyler Kinley. He has been injured for quite a while, and he's not coming back. And for the Brewers, gotta have some trepidation with our good friend Josh Ader right now, but even without Ader, I mean, Devin Williams has allowed a run in just one out of his last 33 appearances, so he has been terrific on that front. Brad Boxberger, Holby Milner, they're able to give you a sub-3 ERA with the Brewers. You don't necessarily have a whole bunch of matchers on the scene. Among guys, I've gotten at least 100 at-bats as far this season. You don't have a single guy being above 255, but you've got a lot of guys that are sort of in range. Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich, Jace Peterson, Andrew McCutcheon, they're all in between about a 243 to a 255, and then you got William Thomas, Roddy Tellas, a combined 37 home runs as far this season. Been really surprising to see the power numbers just dip so bad for Christian Yelich, but he's been able to reach base. And for the Colorado Rockies, it's a bunch that they hit right around 40 points lower when they are on the road rather than at home. And the biggest thing for the team, they get right around 1.2 to 1.3 home runs per game at home on the road. This winds up dipping to right around a half home run per game, like CJ Crone, for instance. He's got five home runs on the road. He's got 16 home runs at Coors Field. Brendan Rodgers, all nine of his home runs have on coming at home thus far this season as well. You've had a lot of guys like Randall Kirchick sitting about a 280 at home. 
below the Mendoza line of 200 on the road. So that really plays a big role here. I do think that the Brewers should be able to go out there and have a relatively dominant performance. So I'm willing to lay the run line of the Brewers, willing to lay up to a minus 125. Do you mind saying my total is at a 7.2 as well? So on the 7, looking at an over and looking at a Brewers run line. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is Washington Nationals. They throw to face off against the Eros and the Diamondbacks. Zach Gellin is going to be going for the six. Good old TB determined is going to be going for the Washington Nationals. So there's no numbers up on this game. I projected it as Patrick Corbin. I'm not going to dive in too much with him other than to say, if you want to be listening to my podcast yesterday, you'll know that he is one of the bottom 10 least profitable pitchers out there in the big leagues. But if it is Corbin versus Gallon, I would be setting the Diamondbacks at a minus 172. Anything above a plus 110, I'd be looking at laying a run and half on that run line. And eight half or less, we'll be looking at over a nine or higher to the under with Washington Nationals. I mean, really, you're not going to get too much of a better price than a minus 172 because, I mean, these guys like Eric Fetty, Josiah Gray and company, they don't really give you much juice. Anibal Sanchez is back, but I mean, this is just a national team that in general, maybe got poopy pitching. Kyle Finnegan, along with Steve Ciszek, these guys are ancient, and they both have right around four-ish ERAs. Or Asmo Ramirez, he's got north of a four ERA as a long guy for the team. Jordan Weems has been a failure out there in the bullpen. Tyler Clippert is about as old as the dawn of time, and he is still getting innings for the team. But what I will say for the Washington Nationals is that this is a top-ten team in terms of batting average. They are dead last in the National League in terms of homers, but got guys are able to get on base for the team. Luis Garcia is hitting right around 295. Josh Bell hitting above a three on 13 home runs. Juan Soto, the home run derby champion and apparently a man that does not wind up getting Jets catered for him. He has been absolutely terrific. He wound up having a really rough start to the season, but you take a look at him over the last 30 days. 362 batting average, 6 home runs in his last 69 at-bats. After a bad start to the season, he has been able to find it. And then you take a look past that with Soto. You're able to throw in there Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, Kibeto Ease. These guys are relating between about a 240 to a 250. Mikel Franco, he's right in that neighborhood as well. But for the years on the Diamondbacks, even though the batting average is bad for the team, and they're a team that they average right around a home run and a half when they are on the road compared to at home. They wind up averaging right around .9 home runs per game. They still are able to supply the boom. David Peralta, Jordan Luplo, Darton Varsho, all between 11 and 12 home runs. Christian Walker is able to supply 22 of them. Big problem is that the consistency has not been there for him with Walker. He's hitting just above a 200. Carson Kelly, Geraldo Perdomo, Jordan Luplo, all these guys hitting a 200 or lower. But you do have David Peralta, Buddy Kennedy, Dalton Varsho, all in between about a 233 to a 240-ish. You've had Josh Ross and Ketel Marte, both at a 270. And for the Diamondbacks, got a couple trustworthy guys. Joe Manette typically heading into the All-Star break. It was not necessarily terrific for him. You take a look at him over his last, we're going to call it 30 or so days. And he's posted up a 635 ERA. I do think that he's going to be able to find it, though. Kyle Nelson has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. But then when you get into guys like Noe Ramirez, Caleb Smith, Mark Melanson, it's not been too terrific. But more than what you can say for the Washington Nationals, this is a spot in which if it is Corbin versus Gallon, and Gallon said his frustrations of his own. If you're looking at the good, he has given up three runs or fewer in pretty much all but three of his starts as far this season. If you're looking at the bad, last time he wanted giving up fewer than two runs in a start, you have to go back at this point 10 starts ago, so that's a little bit of an issue, but with that said, for Zach Gellin, has been able to do a solid job in terms of the command. His walks per nine rate is hovering in the neighborhood about 2.7. He's giving up 1.1 home runs per nine. Opponents are at 2.12 off of him. He gets right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, so in Gallon versus Corbin, made the Diamondbacks minus 172, eight and a half or less, looking over nine or higher to the under, subject to a little bit of change, Joe. Patrick Corbin, not yet confirmed for the Washington Nationals. Nine thirteen, nine fourteen 9-14 on the bank.
playing for the San Francisco Giants at third face off against the LA Dodgers. Tyler Anderson is going to be going for the Dodgers, and Logan Webb is on the bump for San Francisco. Seven half is your total. The over is any between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is any between minus 105 and minus 110. With the Dodgers, it's between minus 133 and minus 135. Anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125. Your price on the San Francisco Giants. With the Giants, I need more like a plus 132 in this spot. And if you're taking a look at the Dodgers run line, finding that at a plus 157 at Circa, that's where I'd be looking right now. This is a case in which I would either want the Dodgers on a run line because they have, in their wins, won all but seven of them by multiple runs, or I'd want north of a plus 130 money line on the San Francisco Giants. I am doing this before we know the conclusion of the game that we wound up seeing on Thursday, so I'm willing to bet that we're going to see a little bit of line movement based on what winds up happening in that game. But with that said, it is a Dodgers lineup that certainly is very fearsome. You've got bunch of guys at the top that have been able to do an amazing job. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a 300. Both of these guys, double-digit amount of homers with Freeman hitting right around a 320. Mookie Betts, 20 home runs. He hits right in the neighborhood about a 270. But how about Will Smith? He's been able to supply 14 bombs, hitting a little bit above a 270. But take a look at him over the last, we're going to call it 15, 20-ish games over the last 30 days in general. He's been hitting a 330. He has been amazing for this bunch. Justin Turner, he's hitting right around a 330 over his last 30 days as well. Max Muncie, Trace Thompson, Cody Bellinger, they're a little bit rough, but still solid lineup for the San Francisco Giants. They haven't had as much power with this team. Jock Peterson, Wilmer Flores, the only two guys entering into Thursday with a double-digit amount of homers. For Flores, he is hitting right around about a 255. Thario Estrada is in that neighborhood as well, but Evan Longoria, Brandon Bell, Tommy Lastella, Mike Ustremski. These guys are in between about a 235 to a 245. Where the Giants being a top five offense in terms of runs per game, just expect a little bit more for the Giants. We have seen a little bit of a fall off in terms of that bullpen from last season. I think that they're really missing Buster Posey, but still have been able to get some good performances. You've had Jarlin Garcia, Camilo Duvall, Sammy Long all post up ERAs of a pretty much 3 3 or lower. Tyler Rogers over the last 45 days, he's got a sub 3 5 ERA for the LA Dodgers. It's been less than, I guess you'd call it, star studded guys that'll be able to do a nice job in this bullpen. Yancey Almonte has been able to post up a 140 ERA. Evan Phillips, a sub-2 ERA. Alex Vasilla has been able to give you some solid innings. Meanwhile, it's been guys like Greg Kimbrell that have not been too great. Having Blake trying out for injury for much of the season has been a little bit tough as well, but that said, you take a look at the San Francisco Giants team, and Logan Webb is someone that he pitches significantly better when he's at home rather than on the road. I mean, you just dated back the last two seasons in his 23 pitching appearances at home. The Giants have only lost two during the regular season. There was a postseason loss in there against the Dodgers as well, but for Logan Webb, 383 ERA overall this season, 335 ERA on the road, 243 ERA at home, seven out of his eight home runs surrendered have come on the road as well, but opponents are only in a 215 off of them, and then for Tyler Anderson, wound up being an all-star this season. He has really been able to rise to the challenge. They wind up giving up three plus runs, so in three out of his last five starts to round out the first half of the season. 290 home ERA, 302 ERA on the road. Biggest thing with Anderson is that he's going to be able to give you a little bit of length because he's only been giving up right around 1.6 walks per nine innings. Not necessarily a strikeout artist. He's going to give you right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. So I do think that this is a case in which it's either Dodgers run line or the San Francisco Giants on the money line. I'm going to be gauging late night line movement there. And hey, we could wind up getting to a 
a more palatable number on the Dodgers. If we wind up getting down to more like a minus 130, I'd be willing to take it. The lowest I'm seeing right now is at circa a minus 133, just above what I'm willing to take in. I did wind up setting my total at a 7.8. So either a Giants money line or a Dodgers run line, depending upon late night line movement and an over the play here for me in Giants versus Dodgers. I'm 15-9-16 on the main board. The New York Yankees at the road faceoff against the Baltimore Orioles. Tyler Wells is going to be going for the Orioles and Jamison Tyon on the bump for the Yankees. The Yankees are finding themselves between minus 150 and minus 155 favorites. I'm going to be getting the Baltimore Orioles anywhere between a plus 135 and a plus 142. Underdog 9 is your total. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. I do want to say my total at an 8.8. I'm going to be going under and for the Yankees, I do recognize the fact that they want to playing a set yesterday against the Houston Astros, and that's going to take a little bit out of them, but that said, I do think that the Yankees are going to be able to get up off the mat. I did wind up saying them at a minus 174 on the money line. If you take a look at the run line, you're going to be getting right around even money on the Yankees, seeing a couple minus 105s, but between even money and a minus 105, and I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 110 with a minus 110 is my threshold. And for the New York Yankees, I mean, you just have so much offensive firepower. I recognize that Camden Yards has had their fence wind up getting pushed back a little bit from last season. But I mean, Aaron Judge, 34 home runs this far this season. He has been absolutely amazing. Matt Carpenter wound up slowing down a little bit in that double dip. But still, I mean, this is a man that as of right now, he's getting a home run every seven or so at bats. Hanging well above a 300. Got a couple guys that they need to pick it up in terms of the batting average. Anthony Rizzo, Josh Johnson, Giancarlo Sen. All these guys are a 235 or lower, but I mean, for Rizzo and Stan, both of these guys, 20-plus home runs. Josh Donaldson picked it up a little bit towards the back half of the first half of the season. And then you got a lot of guys like in Isaiah Kinnerfalif, uh, DJ turned it up, LeMayhew, Tim LaCastro, hitting in that neighborhood of, we're going to call it right around a 272 to a 282. You take a look at the flip side for the Baltimore Orioles, and Trey Bumo Mancini has been able to do a very good job for the team, hitting a little bit above a 280, not necessarily showing as much power as last season, but been able to do a nice job holding down the fort. Anthony Santander, along with Ryan Mountcastle, have been able to combine for 29 home runs. Not necessarily a lot of firepower in terms of the home run ball, but they make them count because we've got quite a few guys getting on base. Austin Say's kid, Ryan Mountcastle, both hitting at 270. Ramon Urias, along with Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna, these guys in that pocket about a 250 to a 255. Now, some of the guys at the bottom, like Renato Dor or Mateo, they need to be a little bit more consistent with getting on, but Mateo, he has been able to give the team 22 stolen bases, and what has really been big for this Orioles team has been the bullpen, as we've got Ore Lopez, CNL Perez, Felix Batista, Joey Crebo, Keegan Aiken, Dylan Tate, all giving you a 245 ERA or greater. And for the Yankees, they did wind up having to go through their bullpen a little bit yesterday, but still, even with Chad Green out due to injury, Roldis Chapman being Roldis Chapman thus far this season, you've had quite a few guys do a nice job being able to hold down the four. Clay Holmes, a sub-1 ERA. Wandy Peralta has been one of your better relievers all season long after a really bad start to the season. Lucas Lukey, he was able to pick it up as well. He's now got right around a 3 ERA for the season, but take a look at the last 45 days, a sub-2 ERA. So I do think that Jameson Tyon, equipped to be able to have a relatively solid start here now. With Tyon, he has given up 3-plus runs and now 5 out of his last 7 starts, but does a nice job of being able to deliver length. He's giving up literally 1 walk per 9 innings. 1 runs per 9, right? That's a little bit concerning starting right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings and on the road of 433 ERA compared to a 349 at home, but he's been able to do a good job going out there, being able to deliver a little bit of length, even though he's not a strikeout artist. And I mean, for Tyler Wells, this is not a guy that's getting a lot of strikeouts either. Right around 6.1, 6.2 strikeouts per nine innings. Only giving up one home run per nine innings. 
innings. Loss per nine rate. Hovers in the neighborhood 2.2 to 2.3 its ERA at home. A full point lower than is on the road. 2.76 at home. 3.76 on the road. So he's been able to do a nice job there. I do think that this is going to be a relatively well-pitched game. Even with the Yankees and all their firepower, I'm willing to go under on the nine. But I do think that the Yankees bounce back here. And I do think that they're going to be able to take it to a Orioles bullpen that I expect a little bit of regression from towards the second half of the season. I'm looking at the Yankees on the run line and the under. 917-918 on the bank board. The Boston Red Sox are going to be playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Jays and Nathan Evaldi. He's going to be on the bump for Boston. Right now, Circa is the only place that has a line on this game. Both ways, it is minus 105 on the money line, and 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. I do mind up saying the Blue Jays at a minus 118. I'm going to be willing to nibble here. Kevin Gosman, honestly, had a fielding independent. That was right around a point better than his ERA, and I mean, it's not like his ERA was ballooning out of control. It was a 287. He gave up three home runs in 94 innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, that's a little bit north of 10, was just a little bit unlucky on balls in play. Opponents hitting a 276 off of him, and it's interesting. 308 is what opponents are hitting off of him at home. 238 on the road. As his ERA on the road is 2367 at home. Doesn't make necessarily a whole lot of sense, but Cosman has pitched really well this season for Nathan Eovaldi. This is going to be his second start since June 6th, so that is a little bit of a concern, and his first start back, the team was able to get the win against the New York Yankees, but gave up three runs in four and a third innings, did not necessarily look too sharp. Now, good news is the team has been able to win each out of his last five starts. Bad news is prior to this run, they had lost each out of his last five starts as well, so sort of irons out there with Eovaldi. He wound up having that forgetful night against the Astros, which I believe he gave up six home runs in an inning. That really piled drives his numbers up because he's got a 467 home area, 256 ERA on the road. Should be a little bit more steady and I mean the north of two home runs per nine innings. I do think that that's going to iron itself out. Big thing is you take a look at both of these bullpens and neither are necessarily too stellar. And it causes Sotomona has been very solid for the Red Sox and now you've got Garrett Woodlock back in the fold as well. I think that that's going to be big. Austin Davis he's seen a little bit of regression. His ERA is up to north of a three. Brian Brazier it's been giving you right around 540 ERA. Jake Diekman, it's been a little bit tough for he and Tyler Danish, both posting up between 4 and 4.5 ERAs, but for the Blue Jays, they themselves need to find it a little bit more in terms of their bullpen, as you've had Adam Simber be able to do a relatively solid job. Yumi Garcia, who's been a little bit banged up, he's got a sub-3 ERA. Tim Mesa, David Phelps, these guys have been solid, but Jordan Romano can sometimes be a little bit dicey as a closer. Really did a good job closing out the first half of the season, though, as over the last 30 days, in his last nine appearances, he posted up right around 3 ERA some did a nice job being able to get some saves towards that back half of Trevor Richards. The long guys have not necessarily been terrific. What I do like for the Blue Jays, though, is just the balanced lineup that you wind up having as Flagger or Jr., Boba Shed, throw in there George Springer at the top of the fold. All these guys have been able to do a solid job in between about a 257 to a 270. And for Springer, 17 home runs as far this season, Flagger or Jr. has gone deep 20 times. Alejandro Kirk don't call his name because he's hitting above a 300. Santiago Spenel has been able to do a solid job. And then for the Boston Red Sox, it has certainly been a case which the top of the lineup has been masterful. Rafi Devers, 22 bombs. He's hitting well above a 300 for the team. Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, both hitting above a 300. We've also seen Rob Refsnyder be able to give the team some solid at-bats. Yohan Duran, he has been falling a little bit with Jaron Duran. He's been hitting right around at 250, but Alex Verdugo, 260 batting average and legitimately an underrated rise towards the back half of the first half of the season. He was able to hit right around a 300 over the last 45 or so days of the first half of the season, so that's something that is going to be relatively solid. I do anticipate both of these offense being relatively solid, but with that said, I think that Kevin Gosman is going to be able to do a good job of silencing these Red Sox bats. Did wind up 
saying my total line at 8.3, so I'm going to be looking at an under one lay up to a minus 118 with the Blue Jays as well. 919-920 on the betting board, it is the Cleveland Guardians in the road faceoff against the Chicago White Sox. Lucas Gilito is going to be on the bump for the Sox and Cal Quantrill's on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland is finding themselves between plus 130 and plus 140 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the White Sox, you're going to be getting them any between minus 146 and minus 150 into 8.5 is your total on the 8.5. Under minus 120, the over is even seeing straight minus 115 out there. That makes the over minus 105 on the 8. Over is minus 120. The under is even. I did wind up making my total in 8.6. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over. This is a case in which Lucas Giolito just did not wind up closing out the first half of the season necessarily so great. And for Cal Quantrill, he is very much a pitcher contact guy. Now, for Quantrill, a lot of his appearances, he's given up approximately three runs. And as I believe that he's given up three runs or fewer. And now 32 out of his last 35 appearances. So he keeps that three number there, but he does wind up reaching that three number quite a bit as he's got a 375 ERA to show for it. So he give it up right around 1.1 home runs per nine inning. So he's necessarily given up a ridiculous amount of hard contact, but 466 ERA on the road compared to a 319 at home. He has been able to do a solid job of being able work on the walks a little bit as well, right around 2.7 walks per nine innings, and that's always been a little bit of bugaboo for Lucas Giolito. 3.3 walks per nine innings. Now, his strikeout numbers, much better than that of Quantrill's. Quantrill, sub six strikeouts per nine innings. Giolito has been giving you 10.4 strikeouts per nine innings, but also giving up 1.6 home runs per nine innings. And for Giolito, 5.30 home ERA compared to a 4.27 on the road. Now, you do take a look at this Guardians lineup, and they do lack a lot of home run power, as you've got Jose Ramirez who's been amazing for the team. He's been able to slug out 19 home runs. He's hitting right around at 290 for the team. And do have a lot of guys. King of Ace, Andres Jimenez, 10 home runs, hitting at 295. That is terrific. Amid Rosario is hitting at 290 as well. And then you got Josh Naylor, Stephen Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez hitting between about a 274 to a 285. But that said, you also have a Guardians bullpen that aside from Emmanuel Classe, who's been amazing this season, can be a little bit or miss. You've got Nick Samlin back in the fold. He's been posting up right around three ERA long Trevor Steven, Eli Morgan, Sam Entich. So long guys that were, we're going to call it what it is, failed starters. They were very solid towards the first half of the season in terms of the bullpen production that waned the last few weeks going into the break. Meanwhile, for the Chicago White Sox, Liam Hendricks, along with Craig Kimbrell, both of these guys have been able to do a solid job. And Ronaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert have really been able to shape up both of these guys, a 280 ERA or better with this White Sox lineup as well. They do wind up hitting lefties significantly better than righties. I mean, their righty-lefty splits are absolutely insane as against lefties. They're hitting at 285 and they get a home run at about 75% more of their at-bats and right-handed pitchers. But, I mean, that said, you still have a trio of guys in Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, all in between about a 300 to a 305. And then you've got Tanner Anderson hitting at 310. Really, the big thing for this White Sox team has been the lack of power. you got Robert, Abreu, Andrew Vaughn, 10 to 12 home runs a piece, and that's really been leading the way for the team. I do expect this to wind up having a little bit of a surge up whenever Daniel Mendick has been out there. He's been able to do a solid job of ER reach base. He's been a little bit banged up along someone like a Jake Berger, but by and large, it has been a relatively solid White Sox lineup. I was willing to make them a minus 149 favorite, so if you take a look at the run line, you're going to be getting that right around a plus 130. I would rather just take a little bit of a bigger money line with the White Sox because I do have my trepidations about Lucas Giolito. That's it. I do think the Quantrill 
his road splits they do lend for a little bit of concern as well so I'm going to be taking the White Sox on the money line think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game so I'm going to be taking a look at an 8 to an 8.5 over as well 921-922 on the bank where the Tampa Bay Rays and throw to face off against the Kansas City Royals as Brad Keller is going to be going for the Royals and Drew Rasmussen is on the bump for Tampa Bay 9 is your total and the only place I'm seeing this number up is at Circa over and under both at minus 110 Royals are minus 108 and then you got the Rays at a minus 102 and this just seems very odd the Rays are certainly a team that they've had a couple of road struggles thus far this season but I don't see how they're an underdog to a Kansas City Royals team that we're going to call what it is they have not been very good now with Brad Keller he's actually been able to do much better than his record would indicate if you just took a look at the fact that he is 5-9 and nine, you probably think that this guy's hot garbage but you know 396 ERA 340 ADRA at home compared to a 450 on the road he's been able to keep the ball in the yard giving up one home run per nine innings and he's really been able to work on the rock walks all across his career more around 3.6 to 3.7 walks per nine innings this year it's hovering more in the neighborhood about 2.9 to three. Certainly not going to be getting a bunch of whiffs as he's getting right around 6.3 strikeouts per nine innings, but this is a bullpen that's not too great. Scott Barlow has been able to do a nice job along with Jose Cuas, posting up a 285 ERA greater, but Jackson Coar, he has been giving you north of a 5 ERA. Amir Garrett has a 6 ERA. Josh Samon is now back to full. That's going to help him out, but Wyatt Mills has been far from terrific in the Tampa Bay Rays. They're always able to maneuver this wonderful bullpen as you got Jason Adam posting up a sub-2 ERA. Pete Fairbanks is back in the fold for the team. Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, they've got sub-3-3 ERAs. Ryan Thompson has not been great, but Matt Weisler, he has been in. For Drew Rasmussen, he wanted missing quite a bit of time here in the early summer months, but he's out back in the fold in his last three starts. Been able to do a solid job. Five runs surrendered, four of which were earned. Now, didn't wind up posting up a ton of innings in about... 14 and two-thirds innings, but still able to look like his old normal self has been able to do a nice job of being able to limit the walks with right around two and a half walks for nine innings. And for Drew Rasmussen, home and road splits are a little bit glaring. 450 road ERA compared to a 2-9 ERA at home, but I do think that this is going to wind up shaping up a little bit. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, you saw a solid lineup out there. Wanda Franco being out of the fold. That does wind up hurting them a little bit. And Isaac Paredes, after he wound up being able to really bust out with a big run in late June, early July. He has cooled down a little bit as well, but you've got Randy Odoz Arena. He, along with Brandon Lau, have been able to between about a 245 to a 255, and Lau is out back to fold the NDD as G-Man Choi both have north of a 385 on base. Hero Ramirez hitting a 330, and then you do take a look at the flip side for this Kansas City Royals bunch, and you really don't have a lot of firepower out there. Bobby Wood Jr., the only healthy player that has been able to give you a double-digit amount of home runs this season, and I will say for Bobby Wood Jr., a good, solid first half of the season. Hunter Dozier, Michael A. Taylor, and Bobby Wood Jr. all in between about a two. 54 and a 265 and for wit over the last three days he's been hitting right around about a 290 so credit where credit is due there Nikki Lopez Whit Merrifield along with someone like a Kyle Isabel they've been having a rough season so Lopez and Merrifield hitting a 240 as well more around a 220 along with MJ Melendez so it's a royal team that they're not able to generate a lot of power in general and Brian Keller he's a little bit better than his record indicates not good enough to be a favorite in my opinion he's had the Rays more around a minus 140 personally so going to be looking at the Tampa Bay Race in the spot, divine is saying my total and an 8.8 as well. So, on the 
9 because I think that the Royals are going to have a tough time being able to generate offense looking under to go along the race. 923 and 924 on the main board. The Walker, Texas Rangers. At the road faceoff gets the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's and Spencer Howard is on the bump for Texas. Texas is back to being a slight favorite. Any between minus 110 to a minus 115. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Oakland, you're going to be getting the between minus 105 and plus 105. 7 is your total. Over is any between minus 115 and minus 125. Under is any between minus 105 and a plus 105. And with Oakland, I did wind up making them the minus 122 favorite. Spencer Howard actually did look good in his last start against the Oakland A's, but still, even with Spencer Howard having that relatively solid start, this is a man that overall this season, he has went five innings or fewer in every one of his last, I believe now, 20 appearances. He's got an ERA as a 697. Since going down to the minor leagues, to his credit, he's been a little bit better, but he's got a 12 ERA on the road thus far this season. He's giving up eight home runs at 20 and two-thirds innings. So, I do think that that is certainly going to be shaping up a little bit here towards back half of the season, but Cole Irvin has actually been very good at home. The 4-7 and seven record, misleading as he's got a 321 ERA overall. Certainly a pitch of contact guy. He's given up a right around one home run per nine inning. So, and Oakland suits him very well when you get a nighttime game like this is going to be. Marine layer is out, so fly ball pitcher like Cole Irvin is able to perform very well. He's giving up right around 1.8 walks per nine innings and 11 of his home runs as far this season have been given up on the road. Now, what I will say for the Texas Rangers is that you've got a lot of balance power in this lineup with Corey Seager being the headliner for the team. He's been able to 22 home runs, but then you take a look at Marcus Simeon, Nate Lowe, Jonah Heim, Cole Callen, all these guys between 11 and 13 home runs thus far this season. Adelise Garcia, he's got 16, and then you've just got a big giant, shall we say, um, cart of guys there in between. We're going to call it about a 240 to a 251 in Seager, Marcus Simeon, Adelise Garcia as well, so these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job. Nate Lowe, he's hitting at 270. He's got 12 home runs for the team as well. And for the Rangers, the bullpen has been solid. Not great, but solid. They're a little bit above average for the big leagues. Brock Burke, he's been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. We've seen Joe Barlow wind up going on the injured list. And Garrett Richards and Dennis Santana, they've seen a little bit of regression, but now they've got Jose Leclerc back in the fold. If he's able to reach his peak form from a few years ago, that's going to be big. And for the Oakland A's, bullpen does leave a little bit of something to be desired with regards to long guys. And also the untrustworthy guys as well, because you got someone like a Lou Trevino that is not been too great for this team whenever he's been out there. Sam Selman, it's been a little bit of an issue as well, but we do have Zach Jackson, Domingo Acevedo, Sam Ball, AJ Puck, all posting up a 302 ERA or greater. The big thing with the A's is just being able to generate enough offense to get the W because Seth Brown, he's got 11 home runs this season and he's the only guy on this team that has a double-digit amount of homers. Both of these teams, by the way, wound up having to play yesterday. The Rangers, they only had to play one game. The A's, they had to play a pair, but for the Oakland A's, they did wind up staying grounded. They did wind up being able to play those games at home, so they don't have to worry about the travels, which that is going to be able to help them out a little bit, but that's it. You've right now got for the Oakland A's, nobody that's sitting above a 241 is currently seeing meaningful at-bats, so that is a big issue. Ron Laureano, 315 on base. That does wind up helping this team out a little bit, but I mean, for the Oakland A's, you really have no sort of hitting whatsoever, and it gets even worse at home. The Oakland A's at home, hitting a buck 92 as a collective, and they're averaging less than a half a home run per game. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a sad state of affairs on the offense. I am willing to go over the 7. I set my toilet at 7.1. Spencer Howard, he's even shown it against the Oakland A's. He's not necessarily the world's greatest pitcher, so I'm going to be willing to go over. I do think that core been doing for a little bit of negative regression at home as well, but I'm willing to make the Oakland A's very slight favorite as well. So looking A's and looking over 925-926 on the main board. The Houston Astros at the red face off against the Seattle Mariners. One, Monaco Gonzalez is going to be going for Seattle, and Jose Arikidi is going to be on the bump for Houston. 
Houston. We've got no problems with this line as the answer is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 116 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Seattle, anywhere between even money and plus 106 is your price. 8 to 8.5 is your total. On the 8, over is minus 120. The under is even. On the 8.5, under is minus 115. And the over is minus 105. With Seattle, I did wind up making them a minus 108 favorite. This is a Seattle squad that is as hot as lava, winning 14 straight games going into the All-Star break. You do fear that maybe the time off will cool them down a little bit, but for the Houston Astros, they had to play a pair in Houston. Now they have to wind traveling on the road, so their bullpen is a little bit spent right now. And for Jose Erdikidi, He's not necessarily been the world's greatest road pitcher out there. As overall this season, he's got a 4.09 ERA, but that balloons to a 5.20 when he's on the road, giving up 10 home runs in 53 and two-thirds innings. When he has been on the road, not a guy that's getting a lot of swings and misses, right around 7.1 punch-outs for nine innings. And then for Mr. Marco Gonzalez, he has certainly had his problems with the deep ball as well, giving up 1.3 home runs for nine innings. And after two seasons ago, he had one of the best walks per nine rates out there in the league. Right around 3.1 walks per nine innings. That is a little bit of an issue, but has been able to do a nice job of being able to excel at home. His home runs per nine rate in Seattle, more around one per nine innings. So I think that that's very critical. Opponents are 40 points lower off of him as well. And for the Seattle Mariners, over the last 35 days, they've got the best bullpen ERA in the big leagues. We have seen Prem Murphy begin to regress a little bit, but a lot of these guys that were just brutal towards the beginning of the season, they've been able to find it. Diego Casio, Andres Munoz, first 45 games of the season. They wound up having ERAs that were north of five. Now both of these guys, over the last, we're going to call it month and a half, they've been able to post up a sub-2 ERA. You've been able to get good innings out of Paul Sewald all season long. Eric Swanson has an ERA that offers right around one end for the Seattle Mariners. You don't necessarily have a bunch of firepower out there, but I mean, we wound up seeing what Julio Rodriguez wound up doing in the home run derby in Eugenio Suarez. 16 home runs, both of these guys right around at 335 on base with Rodriguez. 275 batting average, 21 stolen bases. You do need a little bit more from the bottom of the fold for this team as Cal Raleigh throwing there. Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro, these guys hitting a 215 or lower, but Raleigh is able to give you double-digit amount of homers. Ty France hitting above three and for the team, and to the surprise of many, a guy that's starting to see more at bat, Sam Haggerty. He's been able to hit a 300. Meanwhile, for the Houston Astros, the offensive firepower has been a little bit up and down for the team. You wound up seeing in game two of their double dip as you've now got Jordan Alvarez back in the fold. 27 home runs, hitting above a 300 for the team. Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, they're both hitting between about a 262-270 with Altuve. He, along with Kyle Tucker, both between 17 and 19 home runs thus far this season. We've seen guys towards the bottom of the fold. Chaz McCormick, along with... Jake Myers, Alamendi, C.S., Yoli Gurriel, in between about a 225 to a 235, and Neymar are the catcher spot in general. But for the Astros, the forte of this team has been the bullpen. They did wind up having to use up Rafael Montero yesterday, but I do think that you're going to continue to have relatively good performances out of someone like a Seth Martinez, like a Ryan Sanic, but I mean, both of these guys posting up sub-2 ERAs, I do think that's a little bit unsustainable. This is a Mariners team that's gotten hot. Marco Gonzalez pitches well in Seattle. Jose Erdikidi set his issues on the road, so want to set the Mariners as a very slight favorite in the spot. Did wind up making my total a 7.9 as well. Astros have really been the best under team out there in the big leagues, and I feel like bookmakers have not adjusted these totals far enough. So I'm looking under, and I'm looking Seattle on the money line, and we have things up with 9.27, the main word. The LA Angels hit the road face off against the Atlanta Braves. Charlie Morton is going to be going for the Bravos, and Shoy Otani on the bump for the Angels. 7 is your total. The over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 with the Bravos. Anywhere between minus 142 and minus 145 between plus 122 and plus 135 
I was willing to take anything north of a plus 112 on the Angels in the spot, so I'm certainly going to be firing in there now. With Charlie Morton, he wound up having a rough go of it in the first half of the season. There was a stretch in which he wound up giving up three plus runs in eight out of 11 starts. He has really been able to shape it up, though. I mean, the 445 ERA overall for the season, certainly far from terrific, but he has given up two runs or fewer and now five out of his last six starts, so that has been absolutely massive for him. The deep ball has been a little bit tough for him. He's been giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings, so a little bit of caution there. 231 home ERA to a 459 ERA on the road with nine home runs, giving up in 48 innings. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive regression there, but I mean, the way that Joey Otani is pitching right now, the guy has been absolutely on fire. This is a man that I believe has given up just one earned run ever since he wanted making his start against Seattle. That would be five starts ago. So, I mean, he's given up one earned run in his last five starts. 238 ERA overall. He wound up having some bad home and road splits last season. He's really been able to shape those up this season. 279 ERA on the road. 205 ERA at home. His strikeouts per nine rate, absolutely immaculate as he is getting right around 12.7 strikeouts per nine innings. Opponents are at the Mendoza line of 200 off of them now for the Angels. The bullpen, not necessarily great as Aaron Liu, Brian Tapera, along with Rossi Iglesias, all posting up north of 350 ERA. So I'll say It's actually been halfway decent, but for the Angels, Mike Trout most likely going to be out of the fold a little bit towards the second half of the season as well as he has been dealing with ailments. I believe that he wound up getting placed on the injured list during the break as well, but still have Mr. Otani. He's been able to give you 19 home runs. He's hitting at 260. You got Taylor Ward, who's been able to hit 285 with 12 home runs this season, but ever since he came off the injured list, he's been hitting right around the middle line of a 200, so you're going to need more out of him. Jared Walsh, 13 home runs. He's hitting right around a 235. You have seen a couple guys like a Luis Ranifo be able to move the line. He's hitting at 260, and then for the Atlanta Braves, this is no doubt a big, giant boom squad in which got a lot of guys being able to go deep as Austin Riley has been able to supply 27 home runs this season, and he's hitting well above a 280 right now. You take a look at Austin Riley, what he did in the last 30 days going into the All-Star break, hitting a 360 with nine home runs in honor at bats. That's just absolutely ridiculous. But then take a look past that, and still have a lot of guys doing a good job moving the line. Michael Harris, the second, is hitting about a 280. You've got Dansby Swanson hitting a 295. He's been able to slug out 15 home runs, and then Travis Arenaud, William Contreras, Madelson, Orlando Arcia, all in between about a 255 to a 261, and Madelson really got hot towards the back half of the month of July as well as here in the month of July. Five home runs and 72 at-bats. He has been able to do a nice job getting on base as well as overall for the season right around at 355-ish on base. Marcelo Zuna has been able to slug out 17 home runs and for the Atlanta Braves, they do back up their man in Charlie Martin with a very good bullpen. As a matter of fact, number one in the National League in terms of ERA, Dylan Lee. Posting up a buck 50 ERA has been solid. You've been able to have A.J. Minter be able to do a nice job. But now you've got Tyler Madzak, who's been able to give you some innings as well. After he was so dominant during the postseason, was injured towards the first half of the season. He's back now. The run line blower himself, Kenley Jansen, is out there. That's a little bit of an issue. But Will Smith has actually been halfway decent along to Colin McHugh as well. But that's that. Troy Otani has been absolutely amazing for this Angels team. He gives them a chance to win every single time he takes a mound. So getting this big of a plus price was willing to take anything north of plus 112. Going to be going with the Angels. Do you mind saying my total is 7.8 as well with the way that the Atlanta Braves have been able to hit? And I do think that Morton has.
has the possibility of giving up a little bit of a deep ball or two here as well. So looking over to go along with the LA Angels with the plus price. And that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. Big thanks to John Jansen over there with Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like to hearing from the Sign Podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to find those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters am. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You'll be finding whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And it's up coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.